The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell, and I am the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple. And I'm still in the midst of teaching the book, The Power of Intention, by Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm having a great time. I'm hoping that you. Bought the book, bought a good highlighter and a pen and a pad and are taking notes because this book is a game changer. So today I'm going to be teaching the chapter. It is my intention to optimize my capacity to heal and be healed. This is chapter 13. And it starts off with a quote from A Course in Miracles. No one can ask another to be healed, but he can let himself be healed and thus offer the other what he has received. Who can bestow upon another what he does not have and who can share what he denies himself? And I think what this is basically saying is you have to work on your own consciousness and your own demonstration before you start offering something that you really don't have a knowing of. Oftentimes in in the religious world, we sell experiences that we have not necessarily had ourselves. But when you know it for yourself, no one can move you off of your position because it's your experience. I have a heart for any material that talks about spiritual healing. Because of, as some of you who have followed my podcast for a while know that in January of 1993, I almost died from a severe asthma attack that was dormant asthma that was, according to the emergency room doctor, activated by Vicks Vapor Rub, of all things, that I rubbed on my chest. And that was a whole process that I've explained many times over in this podcast that I'm not going to go over now. But no one can tell me that spiritual healing isn't real. No one, because I know I was healed. I know that I've never had a relapse. I know that I don't use any type of asthma medicine. The two inhalers that they told me I had to use and the pills because the damage was so severe. 
I know spiritual healing is real. I know spiritual healing is real. Not because I read it in a book. Not because I went to a seminar. Not because I heard another preacher or teacher speak on spiritual healing. I know spiritual healing because as the old gospel song, uh, uh, I can't remember, I think it's called He Touched Me. And, you know, uh, at Christ Universal Temple, we had a singer here who used to teach, sing that song all the time, Connie Kennison. And she would sing, He Touched Me. And, and oh, the joy that filled my soul. He touched me. It, I, I felt the touch of the presence of God as it relates to my body. So I know this is real. So he goes on to say on page 215, every single person on the planet has within them the potential to be a healer. The potential. Why? Because we all have the presence and power of God individualized in us, through us, as us, as the I am, as the Christ, as God's idea of itself. This is key. All of us have the potential to be a healer, and not only of ourselves, but to be a healing consciousness for others. Uh, the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman used to say to us, uh, ministers, CUT ministers, Christ Universal Temple ministers, in our weekly ministers meeting, that all healing begins in the mind of the practitioner, which meant that if you're working with someone that is coming to you for healing, the healing has to happen in your mind first. That's what she was telling us as ministers. The healing happens in your mind. Can you see the wholeness of God in that individual? Can you behold the Christ? Can you salute the divinity? It's easy to say namaste and namaskar. You know, those are basically the same words with different dialects. Uh, not dialects. It's the same word. One is more religious. Namaskar more is more secular. Namaste. I salute the divinity within you. Uh, it's easy to say that, but can you really see it? Can you really see the wholeness of God when somebody's in the hospital bed with the tubes? And the machines and the beeps of those machines. All healing begins in the mind of the practitioner. So it goes on to say the only way to heal is to be healed. And he talks about Dr. David Hawkins in his book, Power Versus Force, and energy levels, which I taught earlier in this series. He went on to say, Dr. Wayne Dyer, people who calibrated, according to Dr. Hawkins, above 600 on his map of consciousness scale, which is an exceptionally high energy score indicating illumination and supreme enlightenment, radiated healing energy. Disease as we know it can exist in the presence of such high spiritual energy. Now, I've seen some remarkable things when it comes to invoking that level of spiritual energy. You know, um, healing, spiritual healing services that we've, you know, we've done at Christ Universal Temple or we used to do when we had our, I'm sure it's coming back sooner than later, the Panorama of Truth Conference that the Universal Foundation for Better Living puts on. We would, we, through music, through prayer, through preaching, through praise, through worship, we seek to lift the consciousness, lift the vibrational 
mental field of the space so it can be open and receptive to the touch of the presence of God. And what I mean by that is that we're consciously open to it because God is omnipresent. God is not coming and going. We're becoming aware and we have levels of awareness. But as we do those things, miraculous things can happen. Miraculous things can happen. And I've seen miraculous things happen. I've seen people, you know, work through this concept of healing and get demonstrations you wouldn't believe in healing services and outside of healing services, where it was just contemplating what they taught in the class. You know, I've often shared on this podcast how my first class, <laughs> I, I thought I got licensed as a teacher for the Universal Foundation for Better Living. I was offered a class in the Johnny Coleman Institute. And, you know, being a young person, all of 25 years old, I was teaching What Are You by Melda Shanklin, which I, by the way, did a series on uh, many years ago. If you go back through the archives of these podcasts, of this podcast, excuse me. And I can remember teaching yet again the chapter, The Real and the Fictitious, what is truth and spirit and what is relative experience things that exist. And I thought I taught it well. And as I was preparing to teach the next chapter, spirit told me, teach it again. And I debated and argued because I, the direct, then director, the original director, the Reverend Dr. Helen Carey, uh, giving me this chance to teach Johnny Coleman, giving me this chance to teach. I'm like, I'm not getting off this syllabus. I'm teaching it just like I submitted it to Reverend Carey. And I heard it again, teach it again. And then I was given two statements. One, the first one was, if God didn't create it, it's not real. Okay, wrote that in my notes. The second statement was a quote from Myrtle Fillmore. If it doesn't measure up to the Christ standard of perfection, it can be changed. And so I went into class. I said, hey, I was going to teach the next chapter like it says on your syllabus, but I was led by spirit to teach this chapter again. So I wrote those two statements on the board and I went over them in detail. And then I went over the chapter again in detail. And lo and behold, many weeks later, at the end of 15 weeks, I don't remember what week it was when I taught that chapter. There was a woman in my class that shared a, t a testimony. I'd asked the class and say, you know, this is my first class. You know, I recognize that I'm much younger and, you know, many of you all could be my parents and some even my grandparents. Grandparents. So, I would like some feedback, you know, and I got, thank, <laughs> thank God, great feedback. But one woman said, while I was in this, uh, while I've been in this class, I've been dealing with some serious situations health-wise. And I was, I had gotten some tests. She was in the process of getting a series of tests for the illness she was dealing with. And she said, you know, when you taught the real and the fictitious, the first time I was trying to grasp it, I was trying to get it. She said, but then you came back the next week and you taught it again. 
and you wrote those statements on the board. If God didn't create it, it's not real. If it doesn't measure up to the Christ standard of perfection, it can be changed. She's like, I really got it. And as she went back and started taking more tests, they couldn't find what they thought was there previously. So whatever was appearing shifted with her shift. Whatever was appearing disappeared because of her mental shift. And it made me so humble because it made me recognize in real time that obedience is greater than sacrifice. Because I was obedient. She was able to get what she needed to do what she needed to do as far as the healing of her body. Because she said, you said God didn't create it. It's not real. God didn't create this sickness. It's that type of mentality that if can be accepted, if if it can be accepted, can be a game changer in your life. Now, Wayne Dyer went on to write, page 216, you must focus on healing yourself so you'll have this healing ability to offer others. Then he goes on to say, bring higher spiritual energy to the presence of lower disease energy, and it often nullifies the lower energy not only, excuse me, nullifies the lower energy, but converts it to healthy spiritual energy. Now, there's many ways to teach this. Some people teach it as because in God mind and divine mind, there is no sickness, there is no illness. Therefore, there's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed. Some people would teach it as, as, as you shift into your spiritual wholeness, that shift into your spiritual wholeness transforms disease cells it's a healthy cell. It doesn't make a difference to me what the exact process is. What does matter is it's possible. It's possible. That's the key. With faith, with practice, with commitment, with consistency, with tenacity, with surrender. And I know some of those words don't seem like they go together, but they do. With seeing a preferred future, remember, where there is no vision, the people perish. Can you see yourself healthy? Is it possible to see yourself into health? To feel yourself into health? To speak yourself into health? I'm saying yes. Does that mean that you'd never have to do anything physical? I'm not saying that either. You might be guided to go do some very specific things. But that's still spirit guiding you to do very specific things to get the results you desire. All right, back to the book. Becoming the Healing, page 216. Reconnect to the disease-free, loving perfection from which you came is a succinct statement of what the self-healing process requires. The universal mind of intention knows precisely what you need in order to optimize your health. What you must do is notice your thoughts and behaviors, which are creating resistance and interfering with healing, which is the flow of intentional energy. Recognizing your resistance is something that's entirely up to you. So what he's saying in real time, what he's saying to us today is this. The only reason why the allness and fullness of God is 
not showing up in a way that we think it in the way that we think it should is because we have inner resistance. Using old technology, there's a thing called a resistor. And the resistor adjusts the electrical current. The electrical current is what it is, but the transmitter adjusts the electricity. Many times we allow our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs to adjust this powerful life force that's coming through us. So we're getting like a water faucet. Instead of it flowing, we're getting a drip. All right. Then he starts talking about how this guy um, he was at at the gym with yet the day before. And he was writing this and the guy was just going on and on about all of his health uh, malady. I call them organ recitals. My neck, my foot, my hand, my knee, my hip, my lung, my heart, my tooth. Some people, that's their whole conversation. Versus looking at the possibility that they can be healthy and healed. Speak life to your body. You know, uh, sometimes when people will say things like, oh, my bad hand or my bad foot or my bad leg or my bad what back. Stop calling it bad. Stop calling it bad. All right. It is one thing to say is injured. It's another thing to say is bad. You're speaking to the sales of your body. Your body believes every word you say. Stop calling, you know, parts of your being bad. You're in the process of healing and your language is support your healing not the current situation all right back to the book he goes on to talk about dr david hawkins page 217 in every study case of recovery from hopeless and untreatable disease there has been a major shift in consciousness so that the attractive patterns that resulted in the pathologic process no longer dominated when we shift Everything shifts, all right? Dyer went on the right. We attract, into our li- we attract into our lives through our level of consciousness, and we can change what we attract. Mm. All right. Then he quotes David Hawkins again. In spontaneous recovery, there is a frequency. Excuse me. In spontaneous recovery, there is frequently a marked increase in the capacity to love and the awareness of love as a healing factor. Now, what I like about this is he says spontaneous recovery. Spontaneous. It's happened. There's a term that sometimes is used called spontaneous remission. Well, we can't explain why, you know, the you know, the cancer disappeared, spontaneous remission. Hmm. But maybe spontaneous remission is part of a process of believing that healing is possible. And I don't believe you have to be a super mystic 
for this to happen. But it's tapping into the belief system that it's possible that you can be healed. It's possible that you can overcome this. It's possible that you could get from this breakdown to a blessing and a breakthrough. All right. Then he gives, I think, a real good metaphysical explanation of the healing process. That source, meaning God, that source is never focused on what's wrong, what's missing, or what's sickly. True healing takes you back to the source. Anything short of this connection is a temporary fix. When you clean up the connecting link to your source, attractor patterns of energy are drawn to you. If you don't believe that this is possible, then you've created resistance to the intention to heal and be healed. I love that. Absolutely love it. All right. So true healing takes you back to the source. So when Johnny Coleman used to teach us uh, that there's nothing to be healed, only God to be revealed, what she was saying is in pure metaphysics, God doesn't heal people because God in God mind, you're already perfect, whole and complete. What we call healing is the realization of that perfect life, perfect love, perfect substance, perfect power within us that manifests itself through our bodies, through our life, world, and affairs. But God isn't saying, oh, that's Galen. Let me heal him. Versus as Galen opens himself up to the, to the healing life, it is not so much healing life as it is perfect life that does the healing work. So as I touched the hem of the garment, remember in the story where Jesus was walking to uh, see the girl that they had claimed was uh, dying or or when he got there dead, according to the scriptures. But as he was walking, a woman who said he had a who had an issue of blood, which is an old way of saying she had a menstrual flow that never stopped. It says she had an issue of blood for 12 years, which meant she was not supposed to be in society in that culture because they had issues and taboos around that type of stuff with women. And but she decided to go out into the crowd anyway, push through the crowd. Even though in, in that ancient Hebrew culture, that would have made her unclean. She shouldn't have been touching people, according to their culture. She was willing to push through not only the crowd, but the crowd of her beliefs. Because she said, he doesn't have to say a word to me. But if I touch the hem of his garment, I know I'll be healed. And it, if you read the old King James version, I love this. When she grabbed the hem of his garment, Jesus stopped because he felt virtue. Some translations say power coming out from him. The woman pulled on a person who had a higher spiritual awareness and allowed that synchronization with Jesus's consciousness to heal her body. That woman had great faith, great faith, not good faith, great faith. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, he doesn't have to pray for me. He doesn't have to know I was there. 
But Jesus was so spiritually sensitive, he felt the pull. People are probably trying to touch Jesus all the time while he was going places, but he felt the pull. And her faith made her whole. All right. Back to the book, page 218, Healing Others by Healing Yourself. And she talks about this book by Lynn McTaggart called The Field, which is a book that talks about quantum physics and consciousness reality and a whole bunch of different things. In a chapter that is relevant here called The Healing Field, McTaggart describes a number of research studies. Here are just five intriguing conclusions that researchers have come concerning intention and healing. So these are the, the conclusions that was done by a scientist. Number one, healing through intention is available to ordinary people and healers may be more experienced, experienced or naturally talented in tapping into the field. So healing is for everybody, not just for some people, but some people have either more experience because they've been trained, they've developed the skill, and some people, for whatever reason, are more naturally talented. We can speculate on why that is, but in truth, we don't know. All right? He wrote down, I interpret the scientific evidence to mean that the deciding folk, that deciding to focus life energy on being in coherence with the power of intention gives you the capacity to heal yourself and others. All right? Number two. Most authentic healers claim to have put out their intention and then step back and surrender to some other kind of healing force as though they were <clears throat> opening a door and allowing something greater in. This is getting out of the way. Less of me, more of you, God. Less of my human personality, more of my spiritual nature shining forth. I am a conduit. I am a vessel. I am a channel through which the power flow, all right? Getting your ego out of the way. I'm a channel through which this flows. God is the source of my healing. God is the source of my supply. God is the source of my peace. God, 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 God. So the ego, when the ego gets out of the way, miraculous things can happen. So Wayne Dyer wrote, the ability to heal yourself seems available to those who have an intuitive knowing about the power of spirit. And then he's saying, he says, a knowing is faith in the power of intention. Number three, it didn't, it didn't seem to matter what method was used so long as the healer held an intention for a patient to heal. Because sometimes we think it's based upon the religion. But all cultures have healing modalities that go beyond medical science and have so for centuries. All right. The key is all healing begins in the mind of the practitioner. He wrote, as long as the healer held firm to an intention and had a knowing beyond any and all doubts that he could touch the patient with the spirit of intention, the healing was effective as measured by scientific validation. Then he wrote, your intention is strong because it isn't ego's intention, but a matchup with the universal source. It's God realization at work in your approach to healing and being healed. So as you believe in yourself, you activate the power of God in action in your life. 
one of the definitions of the Holy Spirit in Christian metaphysics is the, the whole spirit of God in action. If God is omnipresent, why does God have to move from one place to another? The movement is, is the realization that and it's, it's, it's a paradox. God is everywhere, yet God moves. God is everywhere, yet God moves. Move as the activity of spirit in your consciousness, in your life, world, and affair. It's a paradox. God is light, God is law and love. It's a paradox that God is omnipresence and God moves. Number four, research suggests that intention on its own heals, but that healing is a collective memory of a healing spirit, which can be gathered as a medicinal force. I look at this as rather simple, that we can invoke healing powers and forces that, and when we come together as a collective consciousness, it allows more of it to show up differently. All right. So I want that to be key. This is why I'm a big believer in faith community, whether it's the Pentecostal revival, uh, the new thought healing service, uh, or some shaman in Africa with a ritual. The key is, as people come together in community, transformation is possible. Number five, the most important treatment any healer can offer is the hope for health and well-being of those who suffer disease or trauma. So healers do a self-analysis of what is present in their consciousness before they focus on someone in need of healing. The key word here is hope. The presence of hope conveyed, conveyed boils down to faith. So you have to work on your own mind. Again, all healing begins in the mind of the practitioner. So you have to see wholeness and hope and have an expectation of transformation. All right. So he calls Michelangelo who wrote, excuse me, first of all, he says, if you give up hope, you change the energy level of your life to vibrate at fear and doubt levels. Then he wrote, Quoting Michelangelo, the great danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it, but it is too low and we reach it. Then he wrote, any low energy thoughts you, you have undermine your ability to heal yourself. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Truth Transform. brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com that's o-l-l-y.com these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration this product is not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease
Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm in the midst at the end of teaching out of the book, The Power of Intention, and we're talking about healing today. So on page 223, he wrote, from thoughts of sickness to intentions of wellness. And he quotes the God said, let there be light from the book of Genesis chapter one. And he says that if you, another way basically of translating it is, and God intended. All right. And, um, you know, it's a lot of great metaphysical interpretations of this material. Now, if you want my view on the God said, God said, let there be this, let there be light, et cetera, you can go back and listen to, I did a whole series on this, but I can't remember the name of it. It was probably a good nine, 10 years ago on this podcast. This podcast is basically about 10 and a half years old. So if you go back to the beginning and you go up, I did something on mysteries of creation or something. No, it was called the creative process. That's what it was called, I believe, the creative process. And I did all of the steps because in metaphysics, new thought metaphysics, the first, the seven days of creation found in Genesis chapter one at the beginning of chapter two represent mind action, these steps that happen in mind to bring an idea into manifestation. All right. Now back to the book. He wrote, to create healing, you can't, he said, the decision to create is the decision to intend. To create healing, you can't have thoughts of illness and anticipate your body falling victim to disease. Become aware of the thoughts you have that support the idea of sickness as something to be expected. In other words, as Johnny Coleman would say, and I know I quote Johnny Coleman a lot, but Johnny Coleman is literally my, you know, God bless her, my spiritual mother, and the shift in my consciousness. And she would say, I am, as she would say, I am the thinker who thinks the thought that makes the thing. I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. And so all through this podcast, whether it's today or any other day or sermon, it's a high likelihood that I'm going to quote something that she says because, you know, I can't speak highly enough of Johnny Coleman. I could have every podcast be about Johnny and, it, and I wouldn't run out of stuff to say. Uh, my love for her is absolute. Anyway, moving on. Page 223. I love this. Notice the thoughts that represent a decision on your part to buy into the illness mentality of the huge profit-making drug companies and a healthcare industry that thrives on your fear. I love that because here's the thing. Uh, we've become a, we, we've gotten to the place to where uh, sometimes the commercials we have, or, or, you know, you're watching the game, you're watching your favorite TV show, and then it says, do you have these symptoms? Do you, uh, it could be basic random stuff. So many things where you're like, okay, well, maybe I do have that. You know, do you have, you know, do you, do you have shaky foot syndrome or whatever they come up with at the time? And, you know, what we have to start promoting more than anything else is activity, obviously drinking more water and less, you know, all the other stuff we drink, whether it's uh, alcoholic or or sugar-based, uh, the stuff we eat, eating more fruits, more vegetables, 
you know, you know, it, it amazes me how often I talk to parents and they'll tell me things like, you know, my at my son or my daughter's school, they have gym once a week or they don't have gym. When I was growing up, we had gym every day, every school day, all the way through me graduating from high school. We had gym every day, every day. In elementary school, up until sixth grade, we had recess every day. You went outside and you played, you ran, you, you did stuff, you were active. And in gym, you had to, we played all the sports, softball, basketball, uh, you know, climb the rope. Uh, we even did square dancing. Move your body. Move your body. Now it's take the pill. A lot of the things that happen in our bodies can be alleviated just by stretching, a little cardio, and a little bit of weight resistance training. And, and stretching is one of the things that people don't talk about enough. If you look at the best athletes in the world, the one thing you will all see them do before they play in the game is warm their bodies up through stretching. If you don't have a stretching regimen right now, I would strongly suggest you get one. There's no reason why you can't. With YouTube and whatever level, if it's sit in the chair yoga, they have yoga for people who can sit in a chair and do exercises that stretch their bodies out. There's no reason why you should not be stretching your body. All right, back to the book. Talks about when, we not, when we're not feeling well. He says, then in any given moment of not feeling well, choose thoughts of healing and feeling good. In that instance, feeling good takes over, if only for a few seconds. All right. Uh, all right. Then he talks about illness is not a punishment. He says, it's, he says, however, you don't need to be stuck there. The power of intention is about returning to the source of perfection. It is about knowing that the power to heal is all wrapped up in making that divine connection and that the source of life does not punish, offering karmic paybacks through suffering and hardship. That's just what we put in place through our own consciousness. That's cause and effect. It's not God is divine mind and universal spirit saying, oh, Galen has to pay. I put into motion my own stuff. And so do you. All right. It's not God punishing you. All right. You know, I call that the smackdown God. You know, people, you know, waiting for the smackdown God that has a list like Santa Claus, checking the list, checking it twice, trying to find out who's been naughty or nice. All right. All right. Now, making your intention your reality. So he gives some steps to healing. Step one, you can heal. You can't heal anyone until you allow yourself to be healed. This is important because it becomes a reality for you. That doesn't mean that everybody that's a spiritual healer always has exact perfect health. But you have to open yourself up to become a channel. The healing life force comes through you to another person. This is important. The healing life comes through you. All right. Then he wrote, the same force that heals a cut on your hand and grows the new skin to repair it permanently is both in your hand and in the universe as well. The same power. 
The same power that, that creates galaxies is the same life force that is flowing through your body. Step two, the healing energy that you're connected to at all times is what you have to give to away uh, to others. All right? You're connected to this healing energy. You can only give what you are, okay? Recognize again that it's not your human personality. It's not your ego that heals. No spiritual healer will say to you, I heal people. They'll tell you, I am an open and receptive vessel for healing to happen. Number three, by raising your energy to a vibrational match with the field of intention, you are strengthening your immune system and increasing the production of well-being enzymes in the brain. So just by holding this consciousness, you're actually allowing your brain to release chemicals in your body that promote healing and energy and well-being. Step four is practice surrender. Again, let go and let God. He reminds us, remember that the field of intention does not know anything about healing per se because it's spiritual perfection already. And it creates from that perspective. It's ego consciousness that creates the disorder, the disharmony and disease in the world. And it is returning to that spiritual perfection that the harmony of the body, mind, and spirit are realized. When this balance or symmetry is restored, we call it healing. But the source knows nothing of healing because it creates only perfect health. This is just a good reminder. Surrender yourself to the perfection that already is, the wholeness that already is, the radiance and strength and activity that already is, the power that already is. You don't have to make it happen. You let it happen. You let it happen by making uh, the intention to be an open and receptive vessel for the power of intention, God or Holy Spirit or grace to flow. Step five, five, don't ask to be healed, ask to be restored to the perfection which from which you emanated, all right? So he wrote, remember you're not asking your source to heal you because this assumes health is missing from your life. That is a very absolute metaphysical statement. Uh, I agree with it. It's very absolute. It's, it goes along with my hardcore metaphysics. It, it, I literally smiled when I read this sentence. Health isn't missing. Life isn't missing. Power isn't missing. Prosperity isn't missing. All right? It says, it he wrote, it assumes scarcity, but the source can only recognize and respond to what it is already. And you too are a component of that source. So you're asking that your eyes be open. You're asking that your consciousness be restored to be able to see, receive, and accept what already is. Step six, know that you are adored. Look for reasons to praise and feel good. He wrote, refuse to talk about disease and work to activate thoughts that predict recovery, feeling good, and perfect health. Picture yourself as healthy and free of disability. Again, where there is no vision, the people perish. So praise, lift up. Thank God for the parts of your body that, that work and thank God for the healing of the parts that are giving you some challenges. But the more you praise, the more you raise, the more you lift up in consciousness. 
Step seven, seek out and cherish the silent. Now, I can't say enough about this. Scripture, Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 91, be, he who dwelleth in the secret place of the most high shall dwell under the shadow of the almighty. We have to get still. Jesus said, when you pray, go into the closet and the father who sees in secret will reward you openly. You have to have stillness time. He wrote, spend time in quiet meditation, visualizing yourself coupled with perf perfectly health with the perfectly healthy field of intention. Allow yourself. You know, I've created meditations. One of these days, I'm going to put them on, all on something to where they can be utilized by others. Visualizing the body as light and energy and things of that nature. Um, you know, sometimes I'll do the, some of them or variations of them or during the appointment with God at during the Christ Universal Temple uh, Sunday services, where I'll just ask the congregation, you know, sit still, breathe, hold your, put your hand on your heart, visualize this, see this, do that. Reason why I'm doing is I'm seeking to change their energy field to be more open and receptive. So as they're visualizing it, they're, they're activating the power. All right. And he gives a fabulous testimony about a, a woman who um, got a healing, uh, who wrote him a letter. And you can read that on page 228 yourself. Step eight, to be healed, you must be total, you must totally identify with the wholeness that you are. He wrote, you can stop seeing yourself as a physical body and immerse yourself in the idea of absolute well-being. So Johnny Coleman would say, you are a spiritual being living in a spiritual world governed by spiritual law. I'm not saying she created that statement. I don't know where she got it from. Probably some old unity book or lesson sheet. I am a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. I am not just a physical being. My origin is spiritual. I am a spiritual being. I am the image and likeness of God. Am, my spiritual nature is perfect, whole, and complete. Identify with your wholeness, not with the limitations. H.M. Lee wrote in Lessons in Truth, every man believes himself to be in bondage to the flesh and the things of the flesh. All suffering is the result of this belief. I, I, modified it to say all people believe themselves to be in bondage to the human condition and the things of the human condition. All suffering is the result of this belief. It's the same thing. Step nine, allow health to stream into your life. Again, it's becoming an open and receptive uh, channel. The Every doubting thoughts, every doubting feeling creates resistance to the life force. Every doubting thought, every doubting feeling, every doubting word creates resistance to the life force. Step 10, stay immersed in a state of gratitude as you just thank God for life and health and peace and joy and all of that other good stuff. Recognize that that creates its own dynamic of wholeness in your body, life, world, and affairs. So I want you just to be present to this healing consciousness that does its perfect work. So with that, I'm going to stop.
Uh, next week, we're going to cover chapter 14. It is my intention to appreciate and express the genius that I am. We're going to have a good time with it. We don't have too many chapters left. It's chapter 14. It's chapter 15. And I think that's it for the book. And then we're going to move on to a new series, which I haven't decided yet. So God bless you. And I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms. Take care. Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts.